Shut up and sit down. We cyclists are a funny old breed. We are. What type of rider are you? I'm just a regular bloke with a regular bike. I'm your average dad who enjoys a nice ride. I wear lycra and fluoral when I'm riding at night. I piss everybody off and ignore the red lights. My life, my rights, don't you know who we are? Cable ties on my helmet and I pretend I'm a car. Hello, my faithful listeners. You are listening to The Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. You can now listen to the guys ramble on about riding bikes and possibly some triathlon mumbo-jumbo, or you can just keep hitting the 15-second rewind button and hang out with me. After all, we know that's why you came here. Your legs, your legs, your legs, your legs. I ride really slow in the middle of the lane while drivers behind me are going. Mark Twain gives this sound advice. Learn to ride a bicycle. You'll not regret it if you live. Hold on. What did he actually mean there? Hi, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering, and I'm here with Lance Epler. Lance Romance, live and in person, right here in studio. Are you, though? Yes. You're not still sleeping? Yeah. Should be sleeping. Kind of had a week last week, bud. I, I, I had a week. <laughs> I, I'd be waking up sometime tomorrow if I were you, but that's neither here nor there. Tis right, Evan Price. Drinking Red Bull this morning. The Red blue Bull flavor. Wow. It tastes like blue. <laughs> it tastes blue. I don't know what their actual profile is for the blue. Oh, blueberry. Gotcha. But they do just call it the blue edition. That's that's blue. really all it's labeled as. But seriously, though, ingredient wise. What makes it taste like blueberries? Because it's not blueberries, right? No, I have I have no idea. Citric acid. <laughs> awesome. And live on Skype today, Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys, I don't get to see you guys, so I can't say that you guys look oh. fantastic. I'll say that you guys sound. You sound like you look fantastic. That's what I'll say. Can you oh, see us? Can you see now? Us I can now? see something. Ooh, I see stash. Look at that stash right there. There you go. Oh, that's nice. It's been trimmed a little bit. Oh, that's nice. All right, how about some backpedaling? Um, Matt, why don't you backpedal for us today? Uh, all right, just got off the bike. Like, literally, like, jumped off the bike and walked up to my office to get on the, po- on the podcast. So, via Skype, um, I just drove my car into the dealership, and then I decided to bike home from there. And then I biked past Lance's house to see if he wanted to hang out, and he didn't. He said, no, I do not want to ride with you. Go away. Go away, Matt Legrand. Go away. Um, so that was not the highlight of the week. But the highlight of the week was yesterday's run where I ran seven miles. Wow. How'd the Achilles do? It hung on by a string, which for me, seven miles, I mean, everyone you know that runs is probably like, yeah, good job on that seven miler. But uh, for me, that's farther than I've run since the pandemic started. So I'm quite pleased with what? that. Okay, that's uh, fantastic. Is it yeah, feeling better, or are you just, like, fooling yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm full-on just, like, ignorance is bliss, letting letting myself be fooled by the opportunity to go do one single-distance run. I'm going to try to be careful with it as much as possible, but, you know, it was nice to be able to run along the lake, so. Gotcha. And running's, running's my favorite, so. 
Do you have any issues with that when you're writing? Uh, today I did, and it's basically because the skin is so messed up back there behind my Achilles. I think that like any sort of like rubbing or anything like that was bothering it. So mm. it was kind of okay when I was actually biking, but then if I would hop off the bike for any reason, there was enough like movement in the heel that it would get aggravated. Um, so anyway, That's the a key bummer. is stay on your bike. Don't get off your bike. <laughs> right. uh, I went mountain biking a couple times. And uh, nothing big, but just some like fun stuff. Nice. And then I swam a couple times, so that's been good. And um, the Tuesday night group, um, what was that? You know, our Zwifting party. Wait, you crushed it on Tuesday, Matt. I, didn't, I wouldn't necessarily use that. No, I would. It. <laughs> but I hung in there for like an hour and, I don't know, hour and 10 minutes or something like that. Actually, I'll tell you when I got dropped. I got dropped at the moment when Jake said, all right, guys, let's, let, let's go for it. That is when it was over. <laughs> it was like immediately <laughs> over. Right when we started the hot lap, it was like you basically were just letting the reins off. And it was like, and out, and I'm out. So that was that. That was fun, though. I, I was happy with my uh, evening performance, and I'm excited to do it again tomorrow. So Should be fun. Wow. Cool. Mr. Uh, Lance, you want to backpedal? Do you want me to go? Uh, well, yeah, just for sake of time management. <laughs> yeah. I had a week. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, moving on. All right, Evan, you want to backpedal now? <laughs> Mine will be very short. Um, I did not train over 20 hours this last week, so we can go on to Lance. <laughs> All right, Lance, go ahead. I think I had one of the biggest weeks I've ever had. Lance. Yeah. Why did you ride over 500 miles last week? Uh, yeah, so I rode uh, 26 <laughs> hours last week, over 500 miles. Um, well, part of the impetus was um, to get the festive 500 done as soon as possible. Okay, you only needed 310 for that, so... It's not 500 miles? I thought it was 500 miles. Kilometers. It's, it's 500 kilometers, I know. <laughs> Oops, you missed that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I still rode over 500 miles. I don't know. Um, we had fairly decent weather. We I, did. I, I don't know. I just I, I I had nothing to do, so I just thought, okay, we were proper responses. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I just rode every day. I actually, even even our Zwift ride, our team. I rode on Zwift twice. Uh huh. Um, the other five days, I rode outside because it was quite nice. Uh, but yeah, I averaged over eighty miles a day for the last five days. Jeez. So, go figure. Um, one of them, I did do a trainer century. Did you see that, Matt? <laughs> I saw – here's what I saw. Was that on Tuesday night? Because what I saw was that you had done a good bit of riding prior to our group ride on Tuesday night. And so that was – it was something like you had done 40 miles before we started, and then the ride itself was another like 30, 35. So you were already had a pretty big day. Christmas Day. Tuesday night ride. Yeah. I did my full two-hour trainer road workout before the uh, Tuesday night Swift ride, <laughs> and it literally ended right like like two minutes before the team ride started. So I was cooling down as I jumped in with the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly what you want to be doing is a workout before that ride, because that's just an easy well, ride, right? The first hour is um, I sh I need to choose my words very carefully here. Well, right. the first first time it's warm up. It's just a nice zone two pace. It was a nice zone two pace until the hot lap, and then yeah. I really couldn't hang on the hop lap because I was already spent. Yeah. But I, I did okay. Anyway. 
Uh, actually, it was Christmas Day. Um, I rode 100 miles on the trainer on Zwift. And, and it was, I really, we had celebrated Christmas the week before. So we were like done with Christmas stuff. All my kids were other places. It was just me and my wife. We were hanging out. I'm like, I'm going to go get on the trainer at, at about noon or something like that. But uh, yeah, I put, uh, I, I just jumped in with the, with the C pacer bot on Zwift, Coco Cadence. And she cruises it at like 24 and a half miles an hour at like two and a half watts per kilo. And I could just sit there for like four hours. Cruising. Yeah. So I rode with you for yeah, a little bit on that. All of a sudden, I saw Jake was right there. So <laughs> we rode together for a little bit. And then Jake got a little spicy and took off. And I decided I didn't want to go that hard. So, yeah. But it was kind of funny though. I had no idea that you were on there. And all of a sudden, I, I, I was texting you. You're like right next to me. I'm like, Oh, hey, it's Lance. That's <laughs> because I was texting you. I'm like, Jake, I'm right next to you. <laughs> I, well, I didn't see the text until afterwards because I didn't have my phone. Oh, okay. So, yeah. and, Lance, and then how I got many times to... have you done a century on Zwift? Uh, twice. Once okay, with, once with Evan, also. like earlier this year. I actually wasn't even planning on doing it. I was just going to, I was trying to do 100K every day this week to get the, um, the festive 500 done in five days. But uh, I had nothing else to do on that day, so I'm like, I just kept going until I hit 100 miles. So, cool. Did but, you change your jersey to the hundred? I think there's. I think you get a jersey for doing 100 miles or something. I have no idea. I just <laughs> you got keep, one. It's in there somewhere. I probably did. I just. We need some dialed jerseys, some digital dialed jerseys. That, that would be, be cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, it would be. Um, other than that, I I did a couple big long rides with Jake outside. Yep. Uh, we, was it Christmas Eve, me and Jake and Mike Guyvan hooked up and went for like an 85 mile ride. That was fun. That was fun. Cold, but fun. It was cold. We, um, we hurt each other a little bit uh-huh. in a few spots, which was kind of nice. But, uh, yeah, it, that was beautiful. And then, uh, yesterday, Sunday, um, we got together with, uh, six teammates there were six of us total. Yeah, six yeah. of us total, and we rode like eighty miles together. I yep. think I, I rode like ninety, and I, I don't know. We just we that was a hammer fest yesterday. I had a hard. T- I was at the end of an end of a long week. I was, I was hanging on at the end. I don't know if you noticed. I got dropped going up the bridge. I yeah I, I noticed that because <laughs> you were on the back and I like I was at the front and and like tailed off to the back and realized oh. I'm not going to get back on. <laughs> I'm kind of ruined Hatfield here. Hatfield was holding a nice little pace going up that. Yeah. So. But. Yeah, I think uh, Nels cracked shortly after that as well when we were on the old Evergreen Highway. Oh, okay. He, he popped off and he was done. So I think everybody had a good day. <laughs> so. It was pretty solid. I mean, for the time when we were riding together, we averaged like 21 and a half miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was flat, but... And it's flat, and there's not a lot of stop signs or stoplights, so it was just go, 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 go the whole yeah, time. We just kind of ripped it out. Took turns, trading blows. So after that big week, uh, I got home. I still had... I, I have a new sauna at the house, and so I'm, I was still having it hooked up, so I was doing all this work and working with an electrician and all this jazz. Anyway, after that all happened, I I could not eat enough food last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hungry. I could not eat enough food. 
My wife made these Impossible Burgers for dinner. Sure. I ate three of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> three Impossible Burgers. Possible to fill up, huh? I, then I fell asleep at like 9.30 because I was exhausted. Woke up at 1 a.m. starving. <laughs> Went downstairs and like ate for like an hour. I don't know what was I think I think I did too much this week, Jake. Maybe. I think that's a sign. A, I couldn't sleep very well, and B, I was so hungry, I just, I had to eat everything, so it was interesting. Good problems to have, huh? Yep, that was my week. Huge week. Yep. Go figure. I'm still cruising on writing every single day. Had a kid. Today was day 151. It's kind of stupid at this point, but... Um, Do you have a day where you're going to just say, this is it, this is the day I'm going to take off? Because I'm still streaking too. I'm on day like today will be 132, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. I um, I don't think so. You're just gonna keep going. I I mean, next this next weekend is New Year's Eve, and I'm gonna be traveling to Vegas, uh-huh. and I'm driving, and does there might be a day in there which might make it very difficult for me to sure. actually continue. But I'll have bikes with me. So yeah, I'm just I- gonna see what happens planning on because i generally like to ride on new year's day just that's how i like to start the year off right so i'm thinking that the second is on a sunday right saturday second's on a saturday second's on a saturday hmm. new so year's day is friday i can't take a weekend off because that's just that doesn't work for me so it's probably gonna be that that following monday so that'd be like what the third or the fourth or whatever it'll be the fourth the fourth so i'll probably take that day off that'll be when i like say all right i'm done because <clears throat> i'm getting a little bit more tightened up on my training program, and um, I'm going to need a day off. So, Yeah, I'm sticking with my training program, and when I have like two days off per week I'm supposed to be taking, and... Just active recovery? I'm not taking them. It's dumb. <laughs> Crazy. I'm not known for my brains, but I still call myself super genius. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? No, that's enough for me. All right. My back pedal real quick is uh, Lance pretty much covered all of it, so that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had a pretty decent week last week, too. Um, logging those two big days and not taking days off and trying to get miles logged for the uh, the Festa 500, I think I finished with about 16 and a half hours of riding, and it was about 360 or 70 miles, so not too shabby for that's me. That's big. It's a nice little bump. I was a little tired. I fell asleep right? early last night, too. I think I was... Done and in bed at about 9.45. I think out of those 16 hours, I think I was around for 11 of those. Yeah. yeah. That That's fun. That yeah, makes me happy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a great week, and I'm looking forward to uh, another good one this week because I'm going to try and still limit my time working down here at the lab so that I can have a little bit more time at home and kind of decompress a little bit. It's been a busy year. so It's been a lot happening. Yeah, fun times. Um, that said, let's move on. How about a little Patreon update? I like that. We have no new Patreons, but I just wanted to give a heartfelt thank you to all of our Patreons and let them know that through their support, um, we're going to actually start live streaming. My goal is next week. The next podcast, we will start live streaming again. Now, there is a YouTube channel set up for the Dial Podcast. However, um, we will, I guess... I don't, I don't want to say we're going to shut it down, but we're just not going to use that anymore. So you can, instead of going to Dial Podcast, you'll just go to Dial Cycling. We're going to keep everything in one place just to make it simple. And we will start um, putting out this uh, live stream every single week. And the the support from Patreon is going to help us do that. And they're going to help us um, 
with uh, some new software that's pretty cool. That's, Excellent. That's going to have a nice look to it. And I'm hoping because of the, the hardware and the software and everything we've got working together, it should just be a, a nice, seamless um, podcast. And we can have guests come on. We can do video conferencing and all kinds of fun stuff. So, yeah, it should be fun. So, generally, live streams will be Monday. Yeah. 11 or 12. We usually... Correct. Yeah, we usually go around 11 a.m. or 12. Somewhere it in there, just yeah. just kind of depends on what our each schedules yeah. are like and so the software that we use will um allow us to actually put it up to not only just youtube but we can push it out to like twitch and facebook and all, anywhere that you have some oh, sort cool. of streaming stuff you can we can do it simultaneously amongst all those different platforms so that should be a lot of fun and and um a lot of this is because of our patrons and i'm really thankful for that so thank you thank you patrons yeah um, if you are interested in becoming a Patreon yourself, you can go to dialpodcast.com and there's a link there that says Patreon. You can click on that and go in there and choose a Patreon that works best for you and um, get entered into our drawings that we do. Um, that said, we will do a drawing next week live on air so you guys can see that we're actually pulling it, <laughs> names out of a little bin that we have and we'll um, give some stuff away and, and have fun with it. So should be fun. They'll be able to see that we cheat on our on our <laughs> Patreon picks. <laughs> you see how Evan's always pulling Dove Eric's name he out of the house. Pulls Dove's name out. Yeah, she wins so, every time. Cool. Um, how about some lead out news? Is uh, Champ Bailey? Champ Bailey. Top five? I think he's in the top five discussion. <laughs> top I mean, I'm not going to go out crazy. Hall of Famer. Top top Hall of Famer. Of Famer. I don't know about Champ that. Bailey. Champ Bailey by Champ Bailey. What's up, Champ Bailey? Champ Bailey, right here. I've got cyclocross news. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's called... Actually, I don't even know what it's called. It's like called Holy Week or like Special Week or like Belgium. I don't know. It's like a, it's a special week in Belgium because... Special. <laughs> somebody please chime in and tell us what it's called. I tried to find what it's called. I thought it was called Holy Week, but that doesn't seem I right. like Special Week. It's special <laughs> Week. So it's between like Christmas and New Year's in Belgium. There's like seven races that go down. Good Lord. In like a 10-day span around Belgium. So there's a whole bunch of races. UCI races, World Cup races, yeah. Super Prestige races, all these big-time races. So um, there's a couple big races that happened. Um, one, in sat- one on Saturday. What was Saturday's? Uh, the Super Prestige Zolder. And um, Matthew Vanderpool pulled that one out. It was uh, dry. His jersey is actually completely clean. Hmm. Um, Matthew Vanderpool wins that. Um, Wout Van Aert took second. Um, on the women's side, Lucinda Brand out sprinted four other riders at the finish line to continue her win streak. Wow. So go figure. Um, and then on Sunday, they had a World Cup race, also in Belgium, uh, called Dendermonde. I butchered that. There was a giant storm that blew through Belgium. Uh, they actually threatened to cancel the race. They should have canceled the race. Just a little bit of mud, yeah? <laughs> just a touch. It was, it was knee-deep. I was just going to say, I saw pictures. I didn't watch the race, but I saw pictures of a guy... Running through the mud, and it was up to his knee. It was stupid wet. They actually, because the wind was so bad, they actually had to remove one of the bridge crossovers, uh-huh. and they had to alter the course because the water was too deep for... I mean, it was like waist deep in some places. It turned into an absolute 
Mudfest. So much so that several writers are like, this is dumb. This should have been canceled. Yeah, I think MVP was one of them, like, kind of leading, like, the, he, the criticism, right? He did not enjoy the race. No. And, and Matthew Vanderpool did not like it. Uh, it. Part of the reason is because he did not win. Correct. Um, <laughs> well. Wout won by minutes. He won by three minutes. You're kidding me. How did he get through it so fast? He is a heavier, taller guy, uh-huh. and I, I don't know. He just, like, <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, buckled down and went. And so pretty amazing that he just, like, smoked everybody. But it was very, very muddy. Uh, guess who else does very well on the women's side in the mud? Clara. Clara Hunsinger also took second place. Got a girl. Yeah, so super nasty, muddy. She uh, she took second uh, behind Lucinda Brand, who just can't lose. And Where's uh, Lucinda from again? I don't know. Belgium? Belgium. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> She's either from Belgium or the other place, and then I'm in trouble for Netherlands or something, yeah, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, but she's from over there. So... Pretty yeah. So there was a couple of big races that happened. Uh, there's a few more races going down um, before the new year, and I don't know what they are. And I haven't looked forward because all I freaking did this week is ride my bike. So. Too busy riding bikes. <laughs> First world problems for Lance Epler. So I don't know if anything else happened in the triathlon world. Uh, Matt, are you still there? Uh, or it looked like your kid needed some help. Yeah, both of our uh, <laughs> both our triathlon guys are bailed. like not sitting here right now. It's just me and Lance. So. <laughs> Evan is overloaded at the moment. Yep. He took several days off to go to uh, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, California. And um, I think he's still trying to catch up. Yep. Oh, and, there's Matt. And Matt's come back. He's on, He was on dad duty for a minute. Um, Matt, did anything happen in the triathlon or running world that we need to talk about? No, not really. I mean, this is always, even like non-during pandemic timeframes, there's not a lot going on at this point in the world of track and field around this kind of Christmas, New Year's time frame. And then triathlon, same thing. Triathlon's definitely, you know, summer season. And so it's a it's a kind of dead time for sports. So All that's right. okay. It's that's why it's it's, it's cyclocross season. You need to get out there. Matt, you need to cycle across bike again. Yeah, yeah well, uh someone <laughs> said I I sh- sent a picture out, you know, of the mountain bike. And I was like, new bike, you know? And uh, someone was like, oh, you're going to do cyclocross. And I'm like, well, I had a cyclocross bike. Now I have a mountain bike. But sure, I could do cyclocross, I guess. I would feel probably more comfortable on a mountain bike on some of the cyclocross stuff that I did in the past. Yeah. Um, well, the, I don't know. The only cyclocross race you've done was the David Douglas race, which, let's right. be honest, that course kind of sucks. Um, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, it's there's not a lot of real technical stuff. Yeah, but, but yeah. well, I thought that I had a problem with the technical stuff. Oh, I was sorry. Like, it was that downhill and the back kind of like those back trails back there. There's a canyon there to ride turn. through. Yeah, yeah, and some. And steep I was uncomfortable climbs. on yeah. my cyclocross bike. Yeah, but. the one time I did that race, that that downhill section that Matt was alluding to, I can I think I went down it like five or six times. Yeah. And at least half the times, there was somebody completely just washed out, yard sailed right in the middle of the course. And I'm like, yeah. All right, sorry, I'm coming around you. <laughs> coming around. So, On a mountain bike, I'd be comfortable going down yeah. there. Yeah. Cool. Hey, before we uh, kick off or leave the whole lead out news thing, Evan, was there anything in, in triathlon world or running world that you wanted to talk about? 
Um, from the lead-out news this last week in the triathlon world, really the only thing that was important was a couple br- bike brands um, look like they're either dropping or the athletes are looking for other uh, sponsorships. Um, a good uh, one that I just saw this morning was uh, Paula Finley. Looks like she's going to be leaving Trek. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Uh, the big one is Lucy Charles and Christian Blumenfeld will both uh, be leaving Specialized. Really? Which is wow. huge because Lucy's been with Specialized for a while. And I bet you everyone's going to Canyon. What do you bet? That That's actually not a bad bet, Matt. That that's I was hoping a couple more were going to go to BMC. I was hoping BMC was going to add to Emma Pallant and a couple of their big hitters. Um, but no, yeah, if they all go to Canyon, that would be smart. I mean, I think that's going to be the case. And I just think right now that Paula can call the shots, you know, Paula can call the shots. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's going to be excellent for her, whatever, because she's probably negotiating a three-year contract right now. Yep. And having that basically a world championship victory in her pocket means that she can probably at least double her net worth as far as, you know, bike sponsorship deals go. It'll be exactly. cool to see what happens and when she announces that. Probably soon. I'm sure she'll announce in the next couple of weeks. I think she will. And then another um, uh, big one was Josh Amberger's leaving Felt, which he's been with Felt for a while now, so that's a that's a noteworthy one. Felt hasn't really done much, though. They're not. No, yeah, Felt, Felt is... Their, he their was, he was long is still excellent, though. Yeah, but they're not really doing much to develop it. And if I'm not no. mistaken, or at least from what I've heard, that the company's being sold again. Um, really? I think it was about four years ago now that it was sold from um, the guys who had pretty much started the brand, and they sold it to Rosinal, who's the, the ski and sporting goods company out of France. And then Rosinal didn't do much with the company. I mean... The guys at, at Felt always pushed the whole research and development thing, and they were always kind of cutting edge with a lot of the stuff that they were doing. Um, then they sold the company, and then the the company, they, they actually stopped making mountain bikes because they fell behind, and they just weren't developing there. They just cut the line then? Yeah, and then they there was, I know a lot of people that were having small issues with the, the road bike stuff, and... Um, I'm not sure that they were doing much on that front. And I know that the, the IA and their whole DA series and the whole TT lineup was always awesome. And it was one of those things that, again, they just really haven't done much to push the envelope. And it's still a great bike. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see that they've really done much since then. And if they're selling the company again, who knows? I, I don't I don't know if there's much there left with that company. Jake, what's your, what's your take on Canyon? I'm, like, torn on them. Um... I don't like their business model. That's just me personally. Okay, that, and th- I, you and I are thinking the exact same thing because I think their bikes are fantastic, but they are a direct con- to consumer correct uh, bike manufacturer. So they so they cut out bike shops. Correct. Now the whole catch to that is when they first came on the market is like, oh, we're getting rid of the the bike shop. We're getting rid of the middleman. So we're going to save you some money. So you're going to spend, you know, 20 to 30% less for a bike that's comparable to all of the other major manufacturers. Yeah. That's just not the case. The bikes are still about the same. They're about the same price. And a lot of their stuff is proprietary. So if you want to get things from them, that is... That's a, a long, drawn-out process. And then there's the whole and, – and I know that – And then there, can you get a bike shop to work on the bike? There are some <laughs> certain bike shops out there that refuse to work on them. I'm not that person. I, I think that – I don't care who you are. If you have a bike, I'm happy to help you. But yeah. it's uh, one of those things where I just – I'm not going to be able to help you if you've got proprietary stuff. That's kind of on you to, to get what you need. That's that's kind of my take too is I, I 
I mean, the bikes look fantastic, and they've certainly made a huge impact sure. on the racing scene. Sure. But man, I hate that they just cut out the bike industry. The yeah, bike I think shots. what you, what I've noticed is the price their European pricing model like makes sense, right? Where it's like we are cutting out bike shops, and we're cutting, we're passing along those you know price savings to the user. Like, okay, that's cool. Uh, when they made this switch to the United States. I don't think it's gone that smoothly. I mean, you don't have the, you know, you don't have the parts for what you need for the Canyon bikes and the pricing is just not what it needs to be to justify, you know, cutting out the middleman. That being said, I think like their triathlon bike, their brand new triathlon bike in particular looks very nice and it's very adjustable and all these things. The price doesn't make sense, but the bike looks good. So if they want to sponsor me, then you know, just, uh, <laughs> reach out to you and give me get, get, get me hooked up. But yeah, yeah I no, haven't I responded that, to my email know. yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they don't do much with teams. I know that there have been teams here in the the Portland area who have worked with them before, and the the best team discount that they could you know come up with for some pretty you know high end teams was ten percent, which yeah. yeah, it's better than nothing. But I mean if you're going to be out there repping their stuff and you're going to be putting a bunch of people on the bikes and you're going to really like do something for the brand here locally and hopefully help sell them some more bikes, they're just not helping out much that way too. Yeah. So, and they, I don't, who knows what they're going to be doing now? Cause they just sold a big chunk of the company to a private investment firm. Yes. It will happen. And there. so you know that you've got more people wanting to make more money. So what's going to happen next? I mean, that's good that there's money and, and capital that's being infused to the company, but is that going to drive prices up or is that going to push technology, you know, in a certain direction or right. how, how's that going to work out? I don't know. I mean, It'd stay tuned, I guess. Speaking of uh, sponsors, um, Evan, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, BMC, one of our favorite bike brands here. Correct. Mm-hmm. What does BMC stand for? Oh, no idea. No idea? No clue. I wonder if Matt knows this one. No, I don't either. Isn't that sad? I have two BMC bikes in my garage right now. I don't know what it means. It's Bicycle Making Company. Bicycle Manufacturing Company. (laughs) Is it Bicycle Manufacturing Company? Yeah. I didn't even know. Swiss. Come on, Swiss. I mean, (laughs) come on. (laughs) I I always wondered that. I'm like, what does BMC stand for? And before I reached out to them, I'm like, I should probably know this before I actually start Uh talking to them. I Googled it. I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. Bicycle Bicycle manufacturing manufacturing company? company. Really? (laughs) And then you start looking at, like, they make a fantastic bike, but their naming is atrocious. Yeah, the naming. It's just all over the place. It really is across the board pretty bad. What does SLR even stand for? Um... Oh, gosh, I think I looked that up once. I'm surprised it doesn't stand for, like, bicycle riding or something like that. It's like BR01, bicycle ride 01. (laughs) But, yeah, they've got, like, all kinds of numbers and acronyms and, and, like, just it it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So, but it it is what it is. I mean, they make a fantastic bike. It's just that's not their forte. Naming things that, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, like, I feel like Wahoo is really needs to kind of revisit their naming conventions. Everything's like the Wahoo element this the wahoo element that and i'm like well everything's a kicker too like a wahoo element thing and then like their kicker right it's like the kicker the normal kicker and then the kicker core and then the kicker desk and the kicker headwind yeah they need to think about that (laughs) and just have like a wahoo kicker and then have other things that are wahoo kicker such and such and they need to ask vanna to buy a vowel to or pat sajak (laughs) (laughs) right for sure that is what it is so yeah 
Cool. I, I cannot find what SLR stands for. I'm really looking right now. <laughs> Stay <laughs> tuned. We'll come up with that for you. You would, you would. It's probably so bad. They're just like, oh, we're just gonna leave this off the Google search. <laughs> it stands for slur. Slur. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cool. All right. How about we move on to our topic for the Let's day? Let's move on. You want to say it though before we move on? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Champ Bailey out. Champ out. <laughs> All right, our topic for the day. It's the end of the year, and I think it's a good time to kind of reflect on that. And in us reflecting, let's come up with a top 10 list of things that were good this year, things that we thought were fun or interesting or intriguing, um, not necessarily focusing in on the bad stuff that happened this year. It was 2020 was the, the dumpster fire of all years. Um, and you've probably seen that and heard that quite a few times. But I just want to run around and, and see what everybody's uh, – list was for the top 10 in no particular order uh lance do you have your first item for the uh, top 10 the thing that I, I think of this past year is the emergence of wout van art and matthew vanderpool um the the cyclocross the cyclocrossers out there have known about them for years because they have been dominating the cyclocross scene the international cyclocross yeah. scene for like the last three or four or five years but they both dipped their toes in the road cycling scene, and whew, they just... This was probably... Well, last year, big. in 2019, was probably like their coming out party, per yeah. se. But this was the first year that we really got to say, like, oh, these guys are legit, and they're they're really going to mean something to like these pro tour teams. But for me, with those guys, you've got two guys that can just stomp their foot on the gas pedal and run it red for a full hour in a cyclocross race... And that's fantastic, and they can do that week in and week out. Okay, that that's fine. You think that that's how they're tuned? Well, what blows my mind is not only are they not really taking downtime, and they'll finish the cyclocross season, and they'll jump right into like the the early training season, camp. the training camp, and the early season racing. <laughs> yep. And they're going out there, and they're completely able to not only hang with, but they're blowing up races. I, I did not think they would do well because cyclocross is an hour long. Yes. It's full gas for an hour. Yes. And then... <laughs> These guys are some special athletes. And I then mean. they go out and start winning monuments. Yeah. Like seven-hour monuments. Yeah. Like That just pretty Blows amazing. Your mind. Blows your mind. Evan, does this make you think of like 10K runners that come, you know, switch to the marathon and, and absolutely crush marathon races? Absolutely. And I think in the triathlon world, Matt, too, it's a good example of these ITU short guys going up to 73 and just blowing up these races. I think it is a good sign when you look at, I think it's a good way to, to, to look at how we should be training kids in the future in these endurance sports, because I think it means we can do it a lot more fun. You know, I mean, the old adage in cycling is your, your winter miles are what? Base miles, base miles, base miles, base miles. And you look at, okay, why do we train that way? And it really comes down to some loosely done studies and old adage, you know, and just, and just, that's the way you've always done it. Right. Well, now we got two guys who are unequivocally, I mean, it's hard to argue against them being the two best cyclists in the world, really all around. I know I've argued in the past, but just all around hard to argue that those two guys aren't the best and what are they doing in the winter the exact opposite of what <laughs> it's like any red old line. cycling coach would tell you <laughs> right which red i line love for an hour yeah. which i love because matt i i agree with you you look at let's take marathoners who went on and were six um uh, the best example i want to use matt is did you see so the kenyan who just broke the half marathon world record He's a guy who literally just came out of nowhere. His name, his last name's Candy. 
and he came out of nowhere, built his miles up, boom, goes on the half marathon scene, probably going to go into the marathon scene and, and is fast, like very fast. But if you take these guys like Elliot Kipchoge, um, I think Joshua Chep, the guy when he goes up there, guys who have true track speed, you're going to see some pretty crazy half marathon, full marathon results, long-term, sustainable, because they built that high-end engine at yeah. a young age. So when you look at Wooten and MVP, anybody who thinks these guys are just going to be flashing the pan is completely wrong because these guys developed at the top end of their engine when their VO2 maxes were the highest, which is when they're young. Yeah. And now nobody can touch their top. I mean, my gosh. I mean, it's 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 insane. Like these these guys at the top. You look at Tom Pidcock. I think he's going to be Tom Pidcock's going to win Grand Tours. That maybe if yeah. he wants, he could. If yeah. he if he wakes up he's one morning, 21. he's like. If Tom Pickock wakes up one morning and him and Remco Evenpoel are like, we want to win Grand Tours, it's over. It's done. Just so you know, that nasty, muddy race in Belgium on Sunday that happened yesterday, yeah. he bailed. Did he? Pickock just yeah. said, nope. He, no. He, he did six laps and went, forget this. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped it out. Was it super bad? Was it really, really <laughs> you bad? You missed it. We talked yeah. about it. It, knee it was like, it was knee mud. deep. <laughs> knee there deep was, mud, yep. There was more running than I can riding. S- I can see the reason you just dropped. If you're not riding like, bicycles, why are you going to race? And he's a Running's little guy. Terrible. He's yeah. a little guy. And, uh, anyway. Yeah, that's MVP's race right there. No. Knee deep he, mud because uh, he's the tallest guy in the field. So. <laughs> Wout beat MVP by three Seriously? minutes. Seriously? Oh, yes. Dang. Maybe Wout needs to get in triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> Be a solid runner. We need to get him in there. But seriously, though, you put those guys on any bike. Doesn't matter. Time trial Doesn't bike? Doesn't matter. Cross bike? Probably a gravel bike. That, well, they would crush gravel. But uh, MVP, oh you know, his plan for next year is like monuments, mountain bike Olympics. Mount, mountain bike Olympics is the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To, the, Throw them on a BMX bike. Why not? <laughs> right. See what they can do on a BMX bike. <laughs> I mean, his four main things are, are uh, yeah, the mountain bike Olympics is one. I think one of the Grand Tours is one. And I then, think he wanted to go to the tour. I think he wants stage ones at the tour. And then cyclocross worlds again. Yeah. Jeez. That's that's his plan for 2021. Here's here's my least hot take ever. This is a cold take. MVP wins two tour, tour stages. He's going to win gold in mountain bike, and he's going to win at least two monuments. There you go. And that's that's not a hot take. That is a cold take because that is that is probably going to happen. The Olympics is a whole other animal. Yeah. It's a whole other animal. I just find it hard that there's anybody that we don't know of on a mountain bike that can ride faster than him. Okay, we'll get you this. Uh, Peter Sagan tried to do it t- twice. Oh, really? They yes. Did not do so awesome. Where where he was in the shape of his life, phenomenal. He's like, ah, there's nobody from. Where is he from? Slovakia? Not Slovakia. Slo- yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'll I'll do the uh, Olympics for mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get smoked? And yeah, he didn't do well. It was like <laughs> top ten. Yeah. yeah, he didn't get smoked, but he yeah. didn't like dominate. Even yeah. though his engine is, I'll like- still, I'll still put my money on MVP though. I mean, like out, like so we know Sagan because Sagan is just a prolific rider with a sprint. Like you know that rare guy who can line up and sprint against the best. But like, yeah. I mean, MVP's shown he can win all sorts of ways. Yeah. Like you know, he's MVP's not lining up for sprints always, but he's already shown in the cyclocross world he can dominate. Amazing. Crazy. All right, how about Matt? What's a, a top 10 item for you? Well, I know that we want to probably dive more into detail, but I really enjoyed watching the Tour de France. There right. were a yeah. number of stories, of course, that we could dive into if we want to talk about something more specific than that. But just the race overall, I just had a blast watching. Yes. That was, you know, I mean, I really think like we didn't have a ton of racing this season. 
And that was it. Like, that was excellent. And it was good racing. And it was a good story. And we didn't know who was going to win until the very end. Correct. That was, uh, gosh, that second to last race, the second to last day, that time trial was one for the ages. I was driving. So was I. Imagine But I was watching it. I was watching it on my iPad, actually. (laughs) I was about to go into a canyon where I was going to lose signal. I pulled over on the side of the road. I'm like, Brandy, I'm with Brandy the dog. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, honey, (laughs) this time trial, this uphill time trial is about to go down. And I do not (laughs) want to miss this. So I pulled over to watch it. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was worth it. So it would be fair to say that you can lump into that Pogaccia's performance on the whole. That day, his performance on that day, just uh, uh, otherworldly. Almost. Don't be suspicious. Suspicious? I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, though. I still I still think we need to give him a couple years. See, if, if it was a big flash in the pan, this is where I will put Pogacha's performance in that tour right on par with the Kenyan I was just talking about earlier, Candies, where that is quite suspicious. That's, it is. That meant that they went through a wonderful year of training and other things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that just just peaked into a maybe, Floyd Landis esque two thousand six tour. <laughs> maybe they just have maybe they just have saunas at their house. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Floyd definitely at that time was 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 clean winning when he broke away and got himself what, eight minutes on one stage right. to take the yellow. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say that I think if one of our whatever top tens is like drugs and sport, then this year is unique because we had this huge block in the middle of the year where there was no drug testing. Yeah. And that to me is not good for our sport. And that could be triathlon, that could be running, that can be biking, but not testing is basically a free for, and I'm talking about out of race testing, right? Like I'm sure there was still, uh, testing, you know, post race, you get off the bike or whatever, yeah. and you go to the drug testing little, you know, they have those little tents or they have that little like, you know, um, RV kind of thing for drug testing, whatever it is. But they don't have your out of season drug testing where someone's going to randomly show up to your house and ask you, you know, for a sample. It's like that's what's needed for our sport to be halfway trustable. It is. Um, and we know that even when they have those out of season drug tests, there's still drugs, you know, are still a problem. So uh, without that, without people being able to like show up on your front door, man, we have a lot of problems with our sport. And I, I don't really trust a lot of the results this year. Uh, I'd love to be wrong. I hate to be cynical because I don't really think that that is the right way to, I mean, it makes your sport less attractive, but at the same time, like we've seen so much drugs in these sports, like how can you not be a little bit cynical? Yep. Hmm. We all lived through the Lance Armstrong era. So we're all a little bit cynical about yeah. other worldly performances. Cheater! Yeah. <laughs> I per, I personally just enjoy, I, I don't know. I like being very aware of the fact that they're suspicious performances, but then at the same time being like looking at the history of the sport and especially in cycling, just, just being a, I love the, it's, it's, it's been wrought with this, this entire life. I mean, all these sports have always had this issue. I think it's just in the, in the media era that we live in right now, it's going to become right to the forefront. It's 
immediate, you know, I mean, if somebody fails a drug test, you know, the next second it's, it's just, I think that now, now we realize is you're taking highly driven individuals. And if you get that mindset, that is that Lance Armstrong mindset of, I'm going to justify this to myself. Right. You're talking about sports that are based off of seconds in performances. This isn't basketball where it's taking a steroids, almost like an indirect improvement. You know, it's like, You'll be more powerful so you can do this and this and be a little bit better on the court, but your performance may not actually improve. The difference in track and cycling, cycling to some extent, is you know, cycling is once you're on that climb, if you have doped correctly, you're going to be able to push the pedals hard. It is a direct one plus one equals right. two equation. Right. It's not a baseball thing where it's like, well, if I connect with the ball, then it may go over the fence, but first you gotta connect with the ball. So I think it's it's just it's a very tempting world with very driven people. So like Matt said, you get a block of time where nobody's testing, that's a dangerous combination. Yeah. So 2020 may go down in history as one of the less clean years that we ever saw. <laughs> so, that remains to be seen. I'll tell you what, uh Matt, I'll, I'll 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 say this, if we see the Valencia half marathon next year, I will be intently watching those results. If not a single human being goes under 58, now it was wind assisted this year, but if not a single human being goes under 58, people will look at the 2020 year and be like, ah, that was a little weird. He <laughs> had four. Uh, a little suspicious. Ah, yet, Strange. Yet four guys smoke the world record and the next year nobody does. So that's. <laughs> Evan, I'll make you a bet. I bet you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb. No one breaks an hour. You think so? <laughs> not even yeah. close. To All of a sudden in 2021 when everybody's testing. No, I'll say I'll I'll go a little bit more lenient. I'll say nobody breaks 59. I'll say nobody breaks 59 in 2021. All right. Well, that's not much of a bet. We're both betting that nothing's going to happen next year. The <laughs> drugs are an issue. So. Yeah. Do you think we'll hear anything in the next year or two about drugs being used in the tour this past year? Oh, see, I, I'm going to say no, because I think cycling is a little bit delayed with some, I mean, it's, it's in the past. It's been like, it always seems like we're finding out years later. Well, cycling. who's the guy it's that was always... riding for Sky that retired? This oh, just came out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He retired like three um, years ago and he just got sanctioned. Just got popped. Yeah. Yeah. Sanctioned yeah. by the UCI and suspended for two years. He's three like, three years. He's yeah. like, uh, yeah, I retired three years ago. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. That would be like them getting, uh. Uh, Roku Cabra or, or whatever the guy's name is, the guy who Phil Guyman originally started trying to take all his KOMs. Um, um, he was Thorn Finn Sasquatch. What was this? Thor, Thor Finn? He has a different name on Strava yeah. because he that's not what his... But no. he was a world tour guy who went from Conti Pro to all of a sudden doing very well on the tour. All of a sudden. And yes. he was... And I know that that's, I think, inspired part of, of Phil Guyman's like quest for taking KOMs. Here's yeah. another question about this past year. Any news about Quintana and his brother because there was a big investigation happening into with him. his brother specifically and yeah, it'd be hard to believe that any news come out about that I haven't seen anything I, I have not come out I got I forgot about, about that one that would be a big story from 2020 if it came out that Quintana had just doped in his career consistently that'd be heartbreaking for that Colombian cycling community because he's a hero in that community Correct. he really is hmm. and that'd be a shame too because God everything I hear about him is he's a good guy and just you know that's why I say is I try not to make anybody who dopes out to be a monster. I think it's sometimes when you take highly driven individuals and put them into situations where they got to make tough decisions, sometimes the wrong decisions are made. And that gotcha. doesn't make them an evil person. It makes them, makes right. them a very bad decision. So, yeah. No yeah, new news I think, about that. Yeah, that's the difference is like, oh, we like him. We think he's a good person, but he's probably a doper. Yeah. And 
you know, we just need to kind of separate the fact of, hey, he's not clean from, hey, we like him as a person. And it's really heartbreaking for the entire nation that this person is, is not clean. But I don't I don't I don't think it's I'm cynical. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So we had the Tour de France and, and Matt brought that up and in that subcategory for that Tour de France was Pogaccia's performance. And it was just phenomenal to watch. Um, that spilled over into drug use. That was one of our, our items here on our list was uh, the running records falling um, and all of the drug use that potentially could have happened. Or if it didn't, then that was a pretty special year. You guys are all of the mindset that I, you're positive that it was drug. So there's, there's one guy who I really do want to believe is clean and Matt, you can disagree with me on this. I hope Joshua Chepty guy is clean. The only problem is he's from Uganda, and there were also some very, very, very fast runners, Kaplimo being one of them, um, who came out of Uganda this last year, young guys. The difference with Chepty guy is Chepty guy has been training with Bekele's group for a bit and has been coming up through the years. He broke like a world record on the road, I think, for the 10K like a year or two ago. This is not just like a, a flash in the pan year for Cheptegei. Cheptegei's been around for a bit. He, going into this race, Bekele had said Cheptegei has the chance to beat my record. Like, he he had the fitness. So it was a little bit less than the half marathon world record where it was like literally somebody came out of nowhere and broke that record. Like, Candy came out of like one year of good performances and broke this record. Um, Cheptegei is of somebody who I hope is clean. He is... He came from very, very poor, humble backgrounds in Uganda, um, a, a very much a hero of that country. That would be heartbreaking for Uganda if it came out that he doped through this year because those are records they're going to be very proud of. Uganda kind of gets looked over in the distance running world. You have Kenya and Ethiopia. Um, Uganda definitely gets looked over. They have some amazing talent. So it's it really was, the Rift Valley, right? Yeah, so it's like it is. The, yep. Yeah, which Uganda's... You're a tree's in there but, too, yeah. But I... Here's the thing. We're never going to know for all of these athletes. None of these guys are going to get, I mean, maybe they get busted in the future for future offenses, but they're not going to get busted for what they did in 2020 because there was no, basically there's no repercussions. So you're either skeptical of performances or you're not. I don't think that there's, you know, there's no way that we're going to know. We're not going to be able to tell, you know, if they get busted in the future, they get busted in the future. Then that's the only thing that we can say, well, then those performances before are doubtful, but that's all we can do is say, that you know we're doubtful or we're not doubtful or whatever it is that's it i don't think that there's any solution or conclusion to this you know the doubt that we have so there's no testing taking place after they finish the event yes there is there is, there is. so do they still have like, samples that matter. can be tested yeah but it doesn't yeah. matter i mean a lot of a lot of these farm like if they're on a good program they're going to have cycled off anything that would that would be right. glowing in their Gotcha. In their system at that point. I mean, you, you know, and Lance Armstrong broke this down very well in his own very non, non-educated non way that he breaks things down. We'll put it. He, he basically talked about, I mean, uh, if you test positive after a race, that's because you were doing something really dumb. Like you right. were, somebody mistimed something or you were being stupid. Really, the only time you're going to test positive is, is with random tests or you're going to miss a test. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two ways. Um, or somebody like a Floyd Landis comes out and you get 20 people who are saying, no, this is a true story. Um, no, otherwise, like they time guy. these really well. Don't you think Floyd was that guy that was like, hey, I'm, I'm cracking in the tour and I'm just going to I know I'm going to be glowing. I'm just going to do it anyway. 
Oh yeah, I mean 2006 that was, was right? 2006 was a tour that was wrought with drug, aggressive drug use. I mean he when he broke away on stage, I almost want to remember the stage. God, I think it was like stage. Oh, I want to say 17. It was it was a, it was a tough stage. He broke away from the start of that race, and I think it was Tyler Hamilton in his book talks about Floyd Landis rode up next to the peloton. And in a very explicitive laced sentence said, basically, go ahead and try and chase me today, boys. I'm, I'm out of here. And he goes that there, no clean cyclist is going to ride through the tour de France Peloton on a climb and tell them, Hey guys, I'm going to try and get about 10 minutes today. Go ahead and all work together and try and chase me. He literally must have taken rocket fuel at that point. Like whatever combination of cone cane, testosterone, and everything else that he shoved into his body and a full blood bag, probably full of 60% hematocrit, he was 100% confident hitting the front of that peloton that he was going to win that day. He, uh, I think he tested positive for testosterone on that yep. day. I think it's what he tested positive for. I think for. he tested positive for, for just jet fuel. I you don't know. know. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I remember about that day, um, it was kind of a hot day as well, and they said that he used 70 bottles. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> 70 bottles because he was out by himself and he had his team car. Yeah, because amphetamines him. really dehydrate you. And so <laughs> he was like dumping bottles on himself, drinking bottles. He used 70 bottles in that Holy one. crap. <laughs> That's always stuck with me when I do a 90-mile ride the and record, I drink two bottles. <laughs> for the record, I nailed that. It was stage 17. Oh, my gosh, oh. Evan. Whoo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You should step away Thank right you. now. I'm good, everybody. I'm out for, I'm out till 2021. Goodbye. <laughs> nice. All right. Our next item, we'll say that we've gone through three. So item number four <laughs> of our top 10 list. I'm going to say this one. Uh, Legion, the, the pro Conti. Legion of Los Angeles. Angeles. Becoming a pro- professional Conti team. I think that that is awesome. I think that's going to be great for the sport of cycling. I think that they bring a lot to the table. We talked about this a little bit. I believe it was last week or the week before. Um, how do you guys feel about that? I'm I'm just pumped that there's a team that's How not from altitude. How can you not like it? <laughs> Let's go Los Angeles. Not from altitude. A team that is actually, I think, something that is like has a great media backing behind it. He's, you know, Justin and Corey have their their social media game figured out. There's a culture around them that I think is awesome. It's just refreshing to cycling. Yeah. It's just refreshing. Absolutely. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all love, you know, I mean, our our – our Sepkoses of the world, our BMC teams of the world, you know, um, no, God, what was our other team? Garmin and all that. But like if another American team just like that came around to be like, oh, woo, Jonathan Vodders is leading a team. Wonderful. No, this is, this is a cool team. It is something that like I, I, I mentioned, I think it was lost Pod- podcast. Kids would get excited about this yep. team. They are cool. Nobody gets excited about Sepkos unless you're us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Sep, you're great. But this is Justin and Corey have been around for a while. They have a culture built around them, a massive fan group. Um, I think the, the, the cool part for them too is I hope they make crit racing like a thing again. Yeah. I mean, it's always been a thing like out East, but like I would love to see well, crit start popping up. Their here whole point like, in getting the pro continental license is they're more than a crit team this year. Yes. Yes. That is that is their goals. I know they they want to go to road. You know they're going to go to road racing. If you look at Justin Corey's training recently too, they're going on. They're putting in some miles lately. 
Yes. Like serious mob. They're they're doing, I think, a little bit more volume training than they've done in the past. And they've brought on Sam Boardman. Yeah. Uh, Alec Cohen, Hunter Grove, Lance Hedey, uh, Tyler Mangner, uh, Angel Munoz, Freddie, plus Corey Williams, plus the other brother, Tyler Williams, is also on the team. Mm-hmm. So uh, they phenomenal. they did have for years, they had a guy named Dante Young, who I still follow, who I like Dante a lot. I thought he was great. Um, he's no longer on Legion. I'm not sure what his plan is, but anybody who follows Legion is so looking to Dante Young, too, because that guy's that guy's pretty darn yeah. strong, too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I did get to ride with them all once. Seriously? Yeah. When? Uh, in Boise in 2018. I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I did that. Uh, they had did it. The Boise downtown crit where Justin won, where the whole Legion team was there. So Justin and and Corey were both, and Tyler were all there. And then the next day was the Grand Fondo, and they all they all rode it. And I just happened I rode it as well. So That's pretty cool. I got to ride by him and I'm like, hey, great job yesterday. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right, pushing this thing forward, Lance. Give us another one. Um, the emergence of Road Tubeless. Road Tubeless really took. Um, it kind of took off. It kind of took off this year. Yep. I think it's kind of. Uh, there's still a lot of people out there riding too, but I think it's it's almost the the prevailing favorite. I mean, I, on our team, I know more people are riding tubeless now than yep. they are tubed. Story time. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, uh, we rode with six teammates. Most of us were all on uh, road tubeless tires. Mm. Uh, we went down one section of road two miles into the ride, and four of us flatted. All on the same thing. You guys all got punctured. <laughs> we all hit something. Boom, 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 boom. Four, four of us flatted. Uh, Dr. Chris Hanel, his tire actually slit. Yep. So his would not seal, but the rest of us, uh, the tires just sealed up. Nobody yep. else had to uh, change tires. We yep. just you and Sean and Hatfield. Yep. Just yep. add a little bit yep. of air and uh, and off we went. But I should have tubeless ready tires. I have to switch everything over here. You do. You yeah. and Matt both need to. Need yeah. to do it. Yeah. But with uh, with Dr. Hanel, we actually had to replace the tire. You know, it's funny too because. <laughs> We were we launched out of the lab here. Yeah, we left her. And normally I would have a key to get into said lab, <laughs> but my wife took off with my vehicle up to the mountains to take the kids snowboarding yesterday, so I didn't have my key. And we got here yesterday, and I'm like, ah, crap. And the the, the cleaning lady was the here, cleaning so, lady was so here. she let us in, and and we were here before uh, we did the ride. Then we left, and he got his flat, and we're like, oh, we'll just run back to the lab because there's you know everything we needs there. Right. We. Run back over here. We were gone for like 10 or 15 minutes, tops. Came back, and she'd already left us. Yeah. He's like, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> so, you know, but then we ended up going to Lance's house, and it all worked out in the end. But we, we could have just booted his tire and put a tube in there. I don't know why we didn't think to do that. Was yeah, it that? Have. I didn't look at the slit. Was it that bad? It was half an inch long. <laughs> yeah, we still could have put a boot. There. Would, a fine. boot would have worked. Yeah, so yeah. we could have done that in a pinch. But, yeah, but we were like, no, we're going to fix it. So we actually <laughs> remounted a, no, a new tubeless tire. Yeah. But, but we, that all worked are, out. Are you supposed to let those sit for a little bit? Well, well, we no, we mounted it and uh, rode 80 miles. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> so, so you let it sit on the road for 80 miles so, there, yeah, while it was spinning. <laughs> it, it worked fine. He ah, did just fine. That's good. So, yeah. yeah. It works. It's good stuff, but that would have been four tubes. It would have been four tubes. And, and probably a tire because yep. this was bad enough. But yeah, it's Instead, uh, the rest of us. It's nope. so much better. It, it really is. If you've got the, the the correct tire, if you've got a tubeless ready wheel, yep. you get it set up. 
I can't tell you how many times I've come home and seen a little bit of spray or sealant on the back of my bike or on my radar. And like, oh, that's a flat tire. I right. do not have to change. It's kind of nice. Kind of nice. So mm-hmm. they're just hard to change if your garage is nine degrees. <laughs> just, I can F- see that. F- just FYI. I can see that. that yeah. All right, moving on. Item number six, Evan, what you got? Oh, boy. I think we already ran. Oh, no, wait. Have we not talked about Challenge Daytona yet? We have not. That's oh, thank God. List. Okay, good. Just see, I'm testing good. your memory today. <laughs> good. My memory's going to be pretty shot. That's, a, that's This is what track workouts and a swim right before does. Is do, do, do a few enough intervals. You run out of brain juice. Challenge Daytona. Challenge Daytona was the coolest thing. I know that I like that Matt, Matt's going to play devil's advocate on me. I think... 2020 will mark a shift in professional triathlon. And I think it's going to be a pretty big shift. You know, I was talking with Sean Henry about, uh, um, about this yesterday, Matt, and he was saying, and, and I agree with him. I think what's going to happen is I hope that the next ownership group in Ironman, cause I think Ironman is going to get sold again here in like a year or two. I, I would not be surprised if there's going to be another sale of Ironman soon. I hope PTO and some of the higher paying, p- bigger pros who are close to retirement. I don't say names, Jan Ferdano and Tim O'Donnell <laughs> and Miranda Carfrey and names like that. And Chrissy Wellington's a past and athletes like that come together in an ownership group with PTO and buy Ironman. I hope that that is the shift that we see after 2020, but I really think PTO is going to drive a lot of the most important races over the next five years. It was, it was obviously the most important race of this year uh, outside the ITU World Championship. ITU will always still be strong. You know, the ITU World Championship is still a massive race. But um, uh, Challenge Daytona, seeing the, the, the resilience of the long course athletes made me feel better about myself. And, uh, you know, guys like Sam Long, I think, coming into his own. Matt Hansen proving that he's one of the greatest runners triathlon's probably ever seen. And... Um, you know, Gustav Eden proving that he is he is unequivocally the best half Ironman racer, I think, in the world right now. And then Paula Finley just stamping her authority on that race. I mean, you know, Paula Paula's performance to me was was the the most exciting if you're from the Pacific Northwest. Cause we get to you know, I mean, I know Matt loves their videos too, but I you know, all of us getting to watch her videos, you get you feel like you get to know Paula and Eric pretty well. And to watch her then go from this tough year, which was tough for everybody in 2020, to winning that race so adamantly is pretty is pretty awesome. Yeah, that was probably. I mean, the guys' race was great, but that might have been more enjoyable to watch just because we know them sort yeah. of, right? Yeah. I mean, I've never met her, but like, oh, I feel like they're well, my best friends, you know. Yeah, they, we're best they, friends. They just don't know it, but yeah, you know. <laughs> but I completely disagree with you, Evan. Um, no one's buying Iron Man. I mean, PTO's not buying Iron Man. I mean, they tried, they wanted to, but. There's more of a chance of like a unicorn buying more. Iron Man than PTO buying Iron Man at this point. And anyone that buys Iron Man will most likely, I would say, I, I'm going to actually step that back. I would say anyone that bought Iron Man might do a better job with the company. But that I don't think is right because I think what's happening now is they're going to get purchased by basically a, another or the same um, investment group that will basically just milk it for every dollar that they can. Or spin off stuff as much as they can and then sell whatever's left, which would be that Iron Man name to someone else. So, man, it's uh, it's not looking great in, in my eyes. But, again, I'm, I'm playing the extremely negative skeptical on the podcast today. So. 
the pure devil's advocate. The devil's devil's advocate. Iron Man, when it last sold, sell for a billion dollars or something ridiculous like that. I don't even remember. It was it was. Up I know there. I know Triathlon Terran, who we had on this show once, had a great breakdown of what actually happened there. All I, all I remember is that the guy who bought it again was the one who made the decision to basically shove it back into the ground debt wise. So it was yeah, exactly just. It uh, was. It was million. not a promising. Six hundred fifty million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just a cool six fifty. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why a billion sticks out, but yeah. Yeah, six fifty a billion. <laughs> but if you're yeah. if you're paying any the six hundred million dollars for anything, is a billion that much more? <laughs> so Evan, yeah, I think you're right, Evan. I think the company that bought it or is in the purchasing process or whatever it was, um, was the same company that owned it. Like just dumped a whole bunch of debt yeah. onto it, and sold it to the Chinese group, who everybody yep. blamed for everything, and then right. they sold it back to that guy who screwed it over in the first place. And yeah. we're just going to go back down. That, that's why I hope PTO and a group of pros can come together and somehow keep it with, with you know with people who actually care about the sport. But yeah, eh, yeah. The new the new price that they're supposedly selling it for is seven hundred and thirty million. How so does the price increase? How do you go I, I from? Know. I mean, I think that some of that is just like, you know, the any time you have a company, theoretically, it should trend upward, right? I mean, yeah, theoretically, except that it, in reality, for sure, did not. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't know. That would be like the equivalent of you buying a house, and two weeks later, you're like, "I'm going to sell that for more," and you'd be like, "But sir, you lit the bathroom on fire, and it's still burning right now," and you'd be like, "No, no, 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 really, like." <laughs> Come on, this is but this is realistic. Prices tend upward as well, and I think that basically that's what, what's going on. Yeah. I don't think that there's a ton more value in this company. Um, I just think that you know things are trending upwards, and that's the only reason that they would sell it for more. Gotcha, cool. All right, moving on to the next one, Matt. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just run through the list here, okay. <laughs> so that it'll make no you worries. guys remember um, all of the new people riding bikes. Yes, the COVID be- stuff that has blown up the cycling industry and has brought countless numerous people to uh to cycling i think is is a great thing for our sport um i don't know what it's like where all of our listeners live but i know where i live it's really nice whenever the weather's nice and during the entire summer was driving home or out riding my bike and just there are droves of people out on bicycles and that is fantastic and i have got so many friends and and acquaintances and people that I know that have been reaching out and asking like, Hey, what's up with this cycling team thing? And I'm, I'm curious about getting my son or my daughter involved and what is it that you guys do? What does it look like? So I've got, I've had a lot of people actually expressing interest in the racing component of it, which makes me tickled pink. I, I love the fact that people are not only going out and riding bikes, but actually thinking about using that as a, a medium for a competition. I really want to buck the trend of uh, your staple sports. Not that I don't like football, baseball, basketball, and soccer, but there are other sports out there like cycling and triathlon and, and doing cool things out there that aren't a part of that whole traditional sports setup. And I think that this is a, a time that we need to really embrace and we need to go out there and capture these people and get them to really commit to the sport for the rest of their life. Love the emergence of cycling. Don't like the fact that you couldn't get any cycling parts or pieces all year. That is still a problem. But you know what? If that's going to be the the byproduct of more people riding bikes and and longevity for our sport, then I'll I'll roll with it for the time being. But it is getting a little frustrating. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. (laughs) So, cool. Um, Anything to, to add to that, Matt? 
Um, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think that's probably one of maybe we should have led with that story because a it's positive and b it's like that's <laughs> one of the biggest things to our industry. Um, just this massive growth. So I think it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty amazing, really. Yep. All right. Uh, the next item would be. Anna Vanderbregen, who won the Women's World Championship Road Race. That was pretty spectacular. She stomped the Women's she World Championship. That. It was like she, she was like on a different planet. Yes. <laughs> Would you guys say that that was clean? It's strange. She <laughs> rode away from everybody. Well, I want to say yes, it's clean, but okay. I'm a but I'm a believer, Jake. Okay, don't I'm, be suspicious, Jake. I'm a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was a pretty spectacular performance right there, and and something that I felt was definitely worthy of being in the top ten for the year. Um, how about Sepkus? I know that Evan kind of marginalized him a little bit as a, a boring guy to watch, but what about him emerging as one of the top U.S. riders? Phenomenal to see what he was able to do this year. So so happy to see that he got a on a good team yes. and then and then really contributed to that team. He really made a name for himself this he year. He really made a name for himself. So. I mean, we'd heard Pretty his amazing. name quite a few times and whispered in in terms of like what he'd done like was it Leadville that he crushed uh he won the tour of utah it won the tour of utah yeah it's just a bunch of stuff that he'd done here in the united states but yeah. now to see him on the world stage making a name for himself on one of the best teams and just crushing is it's it, that's fun to watch yeah pretty awesome so as long as it's not strange yeah <laughs> um how about Eversting challenges just blowing up Those, this year. Yep, it was an individual effort, and so Eversting really was a thing this year. It was. So we, we have a lot of local athletes. Uh, Evan, who has stepped away, he's got to go treat patients now. Um, he completed an Everest yep. challenge, um, and even though they made Everest taller, <laughs> I think Evan still— They uh, added three feet. Three feet. I think yeah, Evan yep. was Evan's still— still good. He's still good, yeah. So yep. that was kind of neat to watch. Um, Evan and, and Tonk did that this summer, which yep. was fantastic. And um, what's the kid's name? Does anybody know the kid's name or what the time was that he put down? He's the the current world record holder. Uh, it was some guy from... Like Virginia or something like that or Vermont. I, yeah, I don't remember his name. I know Keegan Swenson held it for a while. Uh-huh. Phil Guyman had it and then Lachlan Morton had it and then Keegan Swenson had it and then a couple of names... Contador. And then Contador, yeah. that's right. And then a couple of names that I don't recognize. It's just a kid that's got like a heavy, it's like an 18 pound bike, road bike that he's been using racing on like a college team or something like that. That kid, right. if nobody went out and signed that kid or at least like, you know, took him to camp or something like that, I'd be blown away. That that was impressive. Sean Gardner. Sean Gardner, there you go. Yeah, Seriously though. Nine. It was six, six hours, 59 minutes. Holy yeah. cow. And he was doing that on an 18-pound bike. What? Yes. Really? Yeah. It was just like a, a middle-of-the-road, like Ultegra, you know, mechanical, nothing super special about it. I want to say it was wow. a Trek, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm, I'm totally guessing. But that was one of the conversations that he had with Phil Guyman. And Phil's talking about, like, the super ultralight bike that he had built up, probably weighed next to nothing. And then this kid goes out and does it on a bike that was, like, 18 pounds. I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah, his Cannondale, man. That is yeah. It's kind of cool because I remember he was interviewed by Phil. Yeah. And it was like, did you cut the handlebars? And he's like, no, I can't afford to cut the handlebars on my bike. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
Phil is still kind of training for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's still yeah. trying to gear up for it, but it might be out of reach for him. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, that's Phil's time was like, what, an hour? Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. I don't know if that's reachable for him. He's getting up there in years. I mean, he's still no, superhuman thir- athlete. He's I mean, 30 something and he's yeah. still phenomenal. But yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, we'll see. And our last item. All of our new patrons. <laughs> that's that's on my top ten list. Um, I know that that's, that's not fantastic. The, we have people supporting us for this. I love it. It, it seriously, it makes me giggle. It, the, the fact that people enjoy this enough to want to support us and, and uh, allow us to do greater things yeah. is is pretty fantastic. We so. Love that. So that's our top ten list. Is there anything else out there that I missed that you guys wanted to add? Any? Uh, Extra credit or like bonus items? Uh, riding in buffs or cool? It's cooler than I thought it would be. I like it. It's not that bad this time of year. No. Uh, e racing kind of took off. It did. Um, yeah, it did. Peloton. Pel- Peloton the- took off. <laughs> Peloton. Freaking Man, Peloton. If you're selling, if you want to make some money, <laughs> sell indoor bike equipment when yeah. all gyms shut down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even coming from somebody who does stock that stuff here at the lab, I can't get my hands on it. Right. I've got stuff that I ordered like two months ago. Still not here. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But I don't know. It is what it is. It's great that there's an opportunity there for like taking these Peloton people and being like, you can do some real biking also. And yeah. Right. Well, Lance and I talked about that in a video that we made. Like you can buy the most expensive trainer out there on the market, your tax Neo two T or whatever it's called for 1400 bucks. And you can buy a, a nice middle of the road, just little road bike to slap on there. That's still less expensive than a Peloton bike. Correct. And you can ride it outside. Exactly. But Peloton is Peloton, and it's got this addictive nature to it. You've got someone on there training you, which you have to pay for. That's also a monthly yep, fee. Correct. But it's good, and people are hooked. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's keeping people fit and they're kind of spinning, I'm not going to call that riding. I'm going to call it spinning. Yeah, call it spinning. That's good. If they're getting <laughs> exercised by turning over pedal cranks, then that's great. I would still love to see them like on a kicker core and a, a decent road bike that they can ride outside for a total cost of, you know, hundreds of dollars less yeah. than what you're going to spend on a Peloton bike that, you know, it's going to have a, what's the monthly charge on that? About 30 bucks, I, 30 or 40 bucks or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't think it's that much. It might be like 15 or 20 bucks or something like that. After the $2,500? All of us are paying for Zwift, so... Well, yeah, that's 15 bucks, but... I just think that Peloton is more addictive in a healthy way than Zwift is. And we... It's it's tricky because all of us are like, well, we go outside and we... You know, that's more addictive than Zwift by far. But I think that, man, Peloton is doing something interesting in our sport. Well, I don't know if it's our sport or not, but could be. I agree. Indoor cycling is big. It's yep. huge. It took off. Certainly. Peloton is $39 a month. So wow. 40 bucks a month after you spend how much for the bike? Uh, it, it depends. I think it's between $22 and $2,500 depending upon sales and discounts. And wow. That's pricey. Yeah, that adds up. That's not cheap at all. So, Cool. All right, well, on that note, um, I think that's it for the top 10 list. And I think that's a wrap on 2020 for us this is podcast 149 oh so our next podcast will be 150 150 will be the new year podcast and we will be live streaming that bad boy 
Cool. So um, a quick. What if me and Matt aren't in studio? Can- That's the beautiful part about it. Oh, you can still live yes. stream us. You will get a link from me that will um, allow you to click on it, and I can put you in my little online green room. Mm. And as soon as we're ready to bring you on, you're right there. You're not having to use Skype. You're not having to use anything. Everything's native to this program, so it works out really slick. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. So um, just a quick question for you guys before we move on to one last thing. What are you guys looking forward to the most in 2021? Uh, selfishly? Go for it. Racing. Yeah. Road racing. When do you think we'll see racing? I don't know if we're going to see road racing. I think we might see some road races during the year, but it won't be during the, the normal time of year. It might be. We'll be lucky late if, summer. if we have our short track season, which oh. starts the beginning of June. I, I honestly think that we will be lucky if we have that. So Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. How about you, Matt? What are you looking forward to the most? You know, I mean, I'm with Lance. Even though I'm not really going to race a ton or be really big about racing in 2021, it's still going to be nice to have races to watch races to go to races to even volunteer at like it's gonna be nice i also agree that it might be late summer if we're lucky when we see racing start back but i do think it'll start back um i think a lot of us will get vaccinated and be able to travel and do stuff and just have a little bit of that return to normalcy potentially even like a training camp right i mean like really cool stuff that can happen if we you know are not, you know, trapped in our house. Sure. Right. Yep. Pandemic raging outside. So cool. That should be fun. I'm on board with you guys yeah. on both of those things. So I'm just, for me though, I really want to get back to just our normal team rides. Like we've been doing these little one-offs that are like three, four guys, five guys maybe. And it's just like a little pot of people who, you know, that like, Hey, don't come out here if you've been exposed. Don't come out here if you're not feeling well. And these are the people that I just try and keep it contained to. And I, I feel bad. It's like yesterday we were, we were going out on a ride, and like there's so many other people that I would want to invite. We ran into to. two teammates. Yeah. Well, the six of us were out for a ride, and, and it was uh, like, are we the jerks that didn't invite these other two people? But yeah. But we're just trying, we're trying to, to keep it small. Yeah, trying to. We were the jerks that didn't. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a nice way to say that. Yeah. But I want to get back to just like, hey, come on, come all, come out to our, our rides. And I think that people are really jonesing for that right now. I yeah. think that they're jonesing for that connectivity. Like our team rides on Tuesday night on Zwift are bigger than they've ever been. Like yeah. usually, like in years past, it's like 10, 15, maybe 20 people. This year it's been 30, 35, 40 right. people showing up to the rides and then they're getting fit. And, you know, granted our team's grown a little bit and there's a lot of other new people that are going to be potentially coming on the team here very soon. But um, that's not to say though that you know, people aren't yearning for that connection. Right. And I want to be able to have that again. I think that there's Jake, something. What was, the, what was the name of your ride that was like that super chill Friday? It was a Friday evening or something. It was kind of like an ice cream. Fog hat thing. Friday ride. Fog Slow ride. Friday. Take it so, easy, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for that. I'm looking forward to that ride. I'm looking forward to some fun stuff like that like yeah. next summer. Yeah, those were awesome. It was just a nice little casual ride to lead into the weekend. So we weren't crushing each other. So, yeah. I agree. 2020. Hopefully it changes. 
Dumpster fire be gone. <laughs> cool. All right, let's jump into one last thing. Lance, go. Um, my one last thing, uh, maybe shout out to Ryan Lee. I'm headed to Vegas. Uh, he's getting married, and um, I think him and like five friends, five total people are going to be there. So We need a new Ryan Lee top 10 list. We, you know? Speaking of top 10 lists. Top 10 list. He's good at them. Yeah. I'll put some pressure on Maybe him. something pick on us or tear us apart from 2020 he's good at that (laughs) especially me he knows too much about me yeah (laughs) that's fun matt one last thing from you brother um okay so i did two videos on the waku element rival uh jake if you haven't seen the latest one i talk about the touchless transition where abby von duren gets a shout out in the video does she really did you use some of that video footage yeah, I put it in there, man. She sent me people send me video. I put it in there. That is hilarious. Uh, yeah, and I think you made the cut also, Jake, because you went biking with me right after that. Yeah. Um, was I in the, the video, uh, or is it just the mock round? So this is a, a watch where you don't actually have to touch any buttons. You just go through the transition of a triathlon. It'll automatically uh, do that for you. Um, I happen to wander around my neighborhood, like dunking my arm in a bucket to get the watch to simulate swimming. Um, and people were, yeah, filming that, making me feel like a weirdo, which I mean, that's, <laughs> but anyway, all, all that's in the video. You can check that out at your leisure. Um, this week I'm working on right now, a video called, uh, did 2020 kill triathlon, um, yeah. I've still oh. got a long way to go, so maybe that'll be out on Wednesday when this when the podcast comes out. That's my guess on when that video will come out. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I didn't get our video out last week. I just I had no time. It's hard. It was hard, hard with family time and Christmas. Christmas and everything going on. So it's kind of there. I'm going to try and work on it this week. It will get out though, and then Lance and I'll come up with some other videos for you. So yeah, cool. Um, my one last thing is that I'm really looking forward to 2021 because we're going to start not changing the podcast, but we're just going to like, you know, switch it up a little bit, kind of keep it fresh. So, um, one of the the main things, and we've had people suggest this before or requested rather, um, more guests. So more we want to get more guests on the podcast. And that was a, another part of wanting to do this whole, um, live thing and, and, and having something that was better to integrate them into the show and having people be able to see them so that we could stream it and all that other stuff. So I'm excited to have uh, more guests come on. We've got um, already got two people lined up for coming weeks. It probably won't be the first one in the new year, but um, shortly after that, you'll start seeing more guests come on. And one other thing that I want to revive is I would like to bring back the listener hot lap. That was a lot of fun. And I think that we need to try and do one a month is going to be my goal. So I want to do at least 12 of them next year. If uh, any of you listening to that would like to come on the podcast, uh, just reach out to us. You can shoot an email to info at uh, podcast.com or you can go onto our Facebook page and send us a message there or even on Instagram. doesn't matter. Just ping us. Let us know if you want to come on. That'd be great. So, all right. I think that's it. You guys got anything else? Any more? One last thing. Nope. Uh, We really appreciate everybody listening. Have a great new year. Be safe, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now.